Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Craig Ferguson Fancy Rascal stand-up tour continues throughout 2024. For a full list of dates and tickets, go to thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour. See you out there, thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour. My name is Craig Ferguson. The name of this podcast is Joy. I talk to interesting people about what brings them happiness. Today on the podcast, my guest is Ronnie Chang. He's a Chinese, Malaysian, American comedian who is a a huge, he's huge. He's like blowing up all over the place. He's He's like the biggest deal on the internet and TV. He's very, very, very funny and very interesting. Here he is. That's a very nice watch. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I kind of like. I got a Breitling. Yeah. Yeah. Breitling, the watch of. Oh, white guys. Of people. Of <laughs> <laughs> oh, certain people. No, no, white not guy? white guys. Not white guys. No, yeah. I don't think white guys. I think Breitling. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like people who uh, don't care about watches, but in a cool way, not in an ignorant way. In All the right. like, I'll just wear. You know. I want to ha- see. I have two watches. Yeah. There you go. And they're, they're, they're both bright lights. Yeah. Because so, you, don't, you don't care. So I, it's not that I don't care. It's yeah, just right, that right. It, I, I don't care, but in a cool way. You're yeah, right. You're I'm exactly, spot on. You're, I was fucking spot you're on. You absolutely fucking nailed that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Let me, I wanted to ask you something before we start because, it, I mean, I, I watched, I've watched a lot of your stuff. Oh, thank you. And, Sorry. And it's very funny. Thank you. But I want to talk to you about Australia. Oh, please. Because, <laughs> please. Because... You you went to you went to school in Australia, right? You went uh, to university in Australia. I only went to law school there, but which, as you know, is undergraduate. So right. I went to undergrad law school there. So are you are you a lawyer then? Yeah, I, I passed the bar in Australia. Yeah. So, but you can only do law in Australia, which yeah. is like sheep, sheep. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all criminals anyway. So yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> we, right. yeah. But we that all. but what happened in Australia, I think, uh-huh. is that if you can trace yourself back to the original criminals, that's actually cool now, right? That or oh no, it's cool if you're them. 
Right. They make it sound cool, but it's not cool. I don't think it's cool. Well, they had a they had a pretty bad. They got a pretty bad record. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not scared. Yeah, I'm the only one who will say it. You know, everyone else is. Everyone else either it doesn't know about it or bass in it. I'm like, yeah, you guys kind of. It was pretty bad. It was not a good time. No, it was pretty. I yeah. mean, they they just kind of wiped out everybody who was there. They wiped out. They? Never never formed a symbiosis with yeah. the indigenous. Not that anyone really did, but you know, at least at least uh, the Maoris. I think they had a treaty. At yeah. least you know, um, and you can when you go to New Zealand, Maoris are on the money. Yeah, you know Maori language. You come in, they greet you. Right in Maori, you know the they, the uh, Maori art is kind of embedded into society right. in New Zealand. You know Australia, they not so much. They didn't do a good job of. Uh, I, worked, I don't think I worked when I was in Australia. I've never been in Australia sober, so I haven't been there. <laughs> I've, I've been there a long time, but they, I worked with a, an Australian comedian called Ernie Dingo. Do you know Ernie Dingo? I heard of Ernie Dingo. Yeah, Ernie Dingo is cool. He is a, <laughs> he's an Aboriginal comedian. Please continue. Uh, well, I'm just saying I yeah. worked with him, but you didn't know him. So uh, no, it, I've heard of him, but yeah. you're uh, not. I'm not trying different to, generation. I'm not trying to be a dick here. You've got a couple of generations on Definitely. me. Definitely, yeah. I came on this podcast to talk to you, honestly, because oh, I really? want to hear about these stories. Well, when when were you? When well, did you back meet Ernie Dingo? Time the Kaiser was amassing his <laughs> armies on the border. When and, did you meet Ernie Dingo? What was we, the circumstance? We were. I was at the Melbourne Comedy Fest. Yes, my home festival. Really? Yes. Another thing I want to talk to you about. Right. Okay. So I was at the Melbourne Comedy Festival in a, an area called Fitzroy. Yes. What year was this, roughly? God, it'd picture. be about nineteen eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah, that's freaking. That's too it's long crazy, ago. right? It's too long. Ago. I know. That's way that's too far. Nuts. Ago. I worked with another uh, Australian comedian called Anthony Morgan. You know Anthony Morgan. I know him very well. Oh, I mean, you know. I talk to him all the time. I make his website. He's a great comedian. He's a great comedian. Great yeah. guy. He. He exited the game a little bit. He moved to Tasmania. Lives oh. kind of off the grid, but he occasionally. He's kind you know, of an off the grid sort of a guy. Even in the eighties, oh, he was okay. off that the I grid. That I don't know. That I can well, speak to. But yeah. I know that he was a legendary. He was probably the f- original modern uh, Australian folk hero. Well, Anthony Morgan and I, we used to play this because we had this, we had this drinking game we used to do, and it was a place called the Last Laugh. In yes, Fitzroy. is it I still know. there? No, the Last Laugh moved to Collins Street. Okay, at the Athenaeum. Right. Theater, and oh, I remember then, the Anthony and the Doug yes. Anthony All Stars used yes. to play there. And all sure. I know Doug Anthony very well as well. Oh, really? Yeah. And 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 then unfortunately, so it, it it was a comedy club in Collins Street when right. I started. Right. And then uh, it unfortunately it closed down. But it had a, it, Australia at that time had a well certainly in the eighties, yeah. uh, which is you were probably. Being born then? I was okay. born. I was just born. Right. <laughs> Newborn. So, so you were a tiny little baby. <laughs> I was a small and baby. I was getting fucked up with Anthony Morgan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's more, right. well, that's crazy. Yeah, please continue. I don't interrupt you. But well, no, just, no, no, no. Yeah. Please interrupt me because I can do this podcast. Or, or <laughs> I, I, I can't do this one with you without you. No, because I the, so I started doing comedy in Australia in 2009. Right. Uh, so Jesus, that's I was too late. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt pretty late to me. I yeah. started when I was 24. That's about right. Yeah, yeah, I started 24. I think that was a good age to start. You know, I wasn't ahead of the curve, but I wasn't behind it, I think. Yeah. And uh, I, because I'm a fan of comedy, I just love comedy history. And because I started in Australia, I have a fondness for Australian comedy history. That's why when you say these names, it's like, I, I know to you, it's not even history. To you, that's just your it's peers. It's just but, my life, but I am not living history. Yeah. I, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like colonial Williamsburg, <laughs> but as yeah. a person. Yeah, but, yeah. but the the thing is, Anthony Morgan yeah, and I yeah. used to have this, but there was upstairs at the Prince Pat. Yeah. 
and we had this deal. We had to drink, and you weren't allowed to have anything in your head when you got to the microphone, and you oh. had to do ten minutes. Yeah, you guys are crazy. That it was. I don't know that it was good, but it was. Well, it, Morgan Anthony Morgan comes from this very prolific type of comic. That category. There's there's some geniuses in the world who are just. They just go on stage and, you know, for me, comedy takes so much work and it's scary and I have to work at it for months and months and months and hopefully I'll have five minutes that's good or decent. But for some people, it's just like, they, they're so prolific that it just comes and goes. And part of that tradition, I think, is like an Edinburgh thing. Yeah, that's you right. You know? Because right. I've been to Edinburgh Fringe right. Festival. I've done it a few times. Right. And so, you know... And, and, and Anthony went there and did it as yeah, well, so right? That, but I lost touch with him after Australia. I don't know, I like... Because mm. I, I was still drinking then and I got sober. Man, and I'm so glad I can, uh, you give me a reason to message him again. I'll yeah, just be like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, I'll put you, no, I'll put he, you guys. He's maybe, I would say maybe the best stand-up I've ever seen. See, I hear legends of this. Yeah. I hear legends of this. And unfortunately, it was a time before, you know, writing was invented. So there's no record <laughs> yeah, of any of this. Right. There's, a, there's some hi- hieroglyphics <laughs> yeah. of, of him. There's some hieroglyphics, but there's no record of this. But this is all I hear because he was... To ground this in a bit of facts, he, I think the, it's fair to say the biggest comedy management company in Australia is Token. Right. Uh, Token Management. Right. And the guy who founded it is Kevin White. And Kevin White, so he, imagine this guy who founded the most successful comedy management company in the country. Right. He, when he was 18, he managed Anthony Morgan. Wow. So meaning, this wasn't, this is not just a case of comics saying someone's good. No, this no, guy no. was commercially he was considered the best. You know, he was the he best. He was, but yeah. he was, he was, I remember, I mean, we had a couple of nights out and, and you know, he, he was pretty, pretty wild. Oh, right? he was? When yeah, I met him, he was in my sitcom. He was in wow. my sitcom, yeah. So I knew of him before, but uh, I wrote this sitcom about being a, a law International student. student. International student, yeah. yeah. And I wrote him a part, I mean, it, it kind of came organically. It wasn't like I was out looking to write him a part, but of the kind of, a wary, bitter uh, law lecturer. <laughs> and my co-writer, Declan Fay, also Australian, he suggests Anthony Morgan for this. I was like, yeah, that's that's great. So we had him in and I was a bit worried because I never met him before. I thought maybe he'd be like, don't come at me with your stupid, you know, whatever yeah. your new ideas are. I don't care about this. Do you know who he I was? He was always a very nice guy. Oh, the nicest dude, yeah, not yeah, that yeah, energy yeah. at all. He yeah. came very collaborative. He got it. He was down. He played with us. Very, very down to earth, you know. That's and, cool. But he, yeah. but he lives in uh, Tasmania. Tasmania <laughs> he, essentially, he lives off the green Tasmania. I'm pretty sure. Built, yeah, not not pretty sure. I know for a fact he built his own house with his own hands, and then he'll go and do the local pub gig every few months. And I'll I'll, I'll kind of harass him to like record it, or I'll harass him to digitalize a cassette. That he's recorded from it's years so ago. It's so funny because yeah. he's kind of like, you know, like in the movies where they have to go and get the detective. To get, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and he I, he's retired, but yes. he works on his boat and yes, they say, yes. you're the only guy that... Yeah. Anthony Morgan's kind of yes. like that as a comedian. Yes. And like, yes. I, I didn't give up on comedy. Comedy yes. gave up on me. There's a bit of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he, I think he, he tried to come to America and he, I think he toured a bit in America. And I think... There's a there's certain comics who know him very well, you know, and so I'm so surprised that you would mention him. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He's, I, like I say, I think he may be the. I mean, look in my memory, he's the he's the yes. best I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, it's but, the fate fate of all legends to be forgotten. Yeah, I guess. 
but he's uh yeah he's still in Australia and uh, I'll put you guys in touch if you want. <laughs> but so, uh, listen, so how yeah. did you, how did you become a fan of comedy? Like you grew up in Singapore, yes, right? Yes, yes. So is there a big scene of comedy there? Uh no, there wasn't. Is it, like a TV it, thing that you uh, fell in love with? I it? grew up in Singapore, but they had a they they have their own type of comedy. You know where yeah. it's uh, not stand up; it's kind of TV. Sketch a little slapsticky. There was one stand-up comic in Australia, but um, uh, it wasn't. It's not a known thing. Stand-up comedy is not a known tradition in Singapore, right? The way it is in the UK or Scotland or Australia, right. you know, uh, where it's very established. You know what you're supposed to do. You go to the pub. You watch a comic. Right. You but know the, how you're supposed to behave. But right? we don't I, have that. We don't have those norms. But when I started, there there wasn't. There was Billy Connolly, oh. and that was it. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we're not so different. Yeah, I mean, maybe not so when, different. When I started in Scotland, there, there, was, there was Billy Connolly, yeah. who was huge. Yes. Like Billy's twenty years Still older is. than me. Still is huge. Yo, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, there were no comedy clubs. There was no places to go. So you would go to like a, it would be like a, a music club or a disco yes. or something. What year was this? It'd be like mid 80s. Mid 80s still. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. In America, they were the, you know, yeah. they had the, all the comedy clubs well, with the guys with the piano key ties and yeah, all that. But, yeah. but we didn't have any of that. You know, you know what's interesting? I, st- I, I was, I'm very lucky to um, no, like meet Jerry Seinfeld and I got to right. ask him. I asked him about this and he said the same thing as you did. He said when he started there was nothing. That's right. I think he I think he's yeah, probably he right. Said, yeah. we, he said we and he wasn't I he you know he, I don't think he was saying he definitely wasn't saying this to just be arrogant. He was just saying like we were the ones who started it. He he's started not wrong. the rooms. Him and Leno at the time yeah. as well. I mean yeah. these guys uh do you ever meet Leno? No, I've never met him. Leno's an interesting guy. Not many people know how good a stand up. Yes, he is. Yes. I believe that. I oh believe he's a great stand-up. He really is. Keith, Keith Robinson at the yeah. cellar will always tell me how good. I did. Jay I did some dates with Jay this summer. Yeah. We yeah. did this like uh, old dudes of uh, late night thing. That's funny. Yeah, that was funny. It was great. That's funny. Who and else I'm, was in there? Uh, me and Jay in Arsenio Hall. Jackie Mason. No, no, no. Jackie Mason. No, no. Arsenio is great. I met Arsenio. Yeah, he's, he's lovely. He's, the he's nice lovely. Guys, and yeah. another great stand-up. Yes. I mean, it's like, yes. but it's not, I think stand-up is a little bit like, uh, like playing electric guitar. There's a lot of people who are good at it, mm-hmm. but the, you got to have something that's maybe a just, a little different. Sure. I mean, make you the, stand out. Yeah, you know I think that's I mean? all, that's all art. That's all yeah, art. I, I think yeah, that's you all. know what? You're right. So, what was it with you, you think, that, that made you... Because you have to do this thing. I think all stand-ups have to do this. You go on stage and you die and it doesn't work. Yeah. And and that's the... When you do that, and every, like a real stand-up laughs yeah. when you say that to them, right? Because that's yeah. what... Yeah, that's what Because I remember the first time it happened to me and yeah. when I, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. And the, when I came off and people were going, oh, I'm sorry that happened. I was like, oh, no, I, I, I got to do that again. Yeah, yeah. I got to do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's something about stand-up comedians the male female doesn't matter it's like you're drawn to that weird kind of love of yes failure is it failure what is it um i i don't know if that's a love i don't know if that's a love of failure i do think that i do think if if i'm looking for a common thread there i would say that it's probably that all the great comics i know don't think that they're good at comedy Right, and so you naturally think that you're bad, you're yeah. shit, you're yeah, shit. Well, at, yeah, yeah. And so when you bomb, if you feel like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to bomb, I'm not good at it. Yeah, then, you're validated. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then that's kind of how you quote unquote be a good comic. That's a sign of being a good comic because when you, not that you enjoy bombing, but you're able to process it in a way where you're like, 
Oh yeah, I'm not good. The Craig Ferguson Fancy Rascal stand-up tour continues throughout the United States in 2024. For a full list of dates and tickets, go to thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour. See you out there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, everybody has stuff that stresses them out and annoys them, and I'm no different from anybody else. For example, I get very irritated that people that wear shoes that look like feet. That's not a big deal, but it's a, it's a big deal to me. Obviously, there are much more important things to get worried about. Get them off your chest. When you keep them bottled up, it starts to affect you negatively. Now, therapy is a safe place to do that. That's what I did. And you figure out what's going on with you, work it through, and then let it go. Let it go, you see? That's what, I, that's what I think. I've done a lot of therapy, and I have to say I'm a very satisfied customer. If you think I'm kind of tense now, you should have seen me before I started. I'm actually, I really do recommend it. If you can do it, you should do it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I'd suggest giving better help a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with, you know, a licensed therapist, a proper one, and then you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. I just think it's a good idea. Give it a shot. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash joypod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash joypod. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. My wife has this theory that all stand-up comedians have the same type of mother. Oh, interesting. Uh, let's, let's Cold with bad boundaries. That's what she says. Cold with bad boundaries. Oof. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. I said it to Lewis Black and he yeah. was like, oh my God, that's like, that's, <laughs> that's like, my mom. That's great. He that's said, funny. He said that he only, Lewis said that he, he only made eye contact with his mom on her deathbed uh, when she was 104. Oh man. Oh, oh man. But you know, it's kind of, it, it resonates a little bit. I mean, yeah. she met, obviously my mom's past now, but she met my mom. She's like, Jesus. And, <laughs> 
When, for, for the record, my mom is 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 very warm. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I hear but, you. But, right, yeah. but there is some no boundaries in there, yeah. and, and, and can be very harsh. My mom can be very harsh. So yeah, so you know, different word for cold. But yeah, it, but it is that kind of thing. It's yeah. like whenever whenever I see a good stand up yeah, yeah. now, I think. <laughs> Like uh, their mom, mom must yeah, be yeah. pretty tough. Tough, yeah, very <laughs> tough mom. My mom is tough. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Was she upset that you went into stand up? Because obviously, if you're going into law, that's yeah. one set of expectations. And yeah. You decide not to practice. Well, I uh, had a few things uh, to answer your question. She was not as upset as I thought she'd be. Okay. wasn't wasn't thrilled, but not uh, upset. But one of the few reasons for that was that we actually. I went to university in a different country. Right. So she wasn't even so she around. Didn't know. She didn't know. She didn't know. And she didn't I, know I didn't you were doing stand Yeah, I didn't tell her. I didn't make a big deal about it. I just went to go do it. Because I, I kind of instinctively knew like, hey, if this is going to work for me, I kind of have to do it on my own. I can't be, you know, d- asking friends to come. I can't be like, you know, making I, a big deal. I was deal. like that as well. I would you never know? have friends come yeah. see me. It's hilarious now. Now, even now, I'm like, I don't want friends no, to come. No, I don't like it. I don't even no. like my wife coming to this uh, show. Yeah. I'm like, it's like, I, please don't. Cause yeah. You don't know, I, then it's I'm, not for you. Yeah, and I, it'll be in my head. Yeah, yeah, it'll be in my head that you're out there going. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. And also, comedy is like is different to music in that you have to be, you have to want to be there. You can't, yeah. you can't just be background noise. That's you have to. Right. So if you don't want to be there, just don't. You know what I mean? Like, have, you do, have you done any corporate gigs yet? You doing? I corporate? of course, yeah, yeah, I've done yeah. corporates. Yeah. See, because that's when that's the test. They, yeah. they don't want. They don't really want you, but they have yeah. you anyway because they've it's seen so, you on TV. Corporates are so weird that oh. they want you, but they don't. Yeah, they they sought you. Yeah. to come and play. And they will there. pay you a and great pay deal you, of money, but they don't want you to be there. I know it's the weirdest it's, gig it's ever. It's horrible. Nobody wants you to be there. I t- I talked to uh, a musician, very famous. Yeah. I'm going to tell you actually what. <laughs> you know uh, Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age, right? Okay, they don't corporate gigs anymore. He yeah. said the last time he did it. He was like playing down the front yeah. and there was a nacho cheese fountain. <laughs> yeah. And there was a woman taking the, and he was like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, we can't do this. It's yeah. not rock and roll. It's not. It's and, not rock and roll. No. And it's, you know, comedy and rock and roll are very kind of countercultural. That's why it's, it's at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah, yeah. It's at the Fringe Festival, not the Edinburgh Festival. Where it's a you, fringe thing. Where did you, where did you play in Edinburgh? Uh, Underbelly. Unfortunately, I don't know what that is. Oh, that's <laughs> I don't even know where that is. Well, the caves, got, the caves. I, well, is that, I, I started in Edinburgh in '84, right? Right, and I I did it for I guess until about early '90s, I guess. Okay, you're, so you're Edinburgh boy. Yeah, yeah, Edinburgh yeah. Boy. but no, I'm I'm from Glasgow, but I started in oh, stand up. Oh, okay. Doing, um, I had a show that started at two o'clock in the morning. Yes. Yes. Above a bar called yes. the Cafe Royal in yes. Edinburgh. Yes, yes. And it was. Uh, and what was that? That's not when you say you had a show. Does it mean you, that was a weekly show? No, it was every night. Every, oh, damn, every it, night you'd be 2 a.m. at this bar. Yeah, every night 2 a.m. at damn. this bar during the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, during the festival. During yeah, the, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not, not like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. cool. But I didn't have anywhere to live because I was in class. So I used to sleep in the photo booth at Waverley Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, that's fucking gnarly. And did you... Um, was it one hour? Yeah. Did well, you have I, guests? I, I, uh, no, I would just do stand-up. For one hour at 2 a.m.? No, uh, about half an hour. Right, I, think. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> and was it like pay by donation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, what... So who were the comedians that you were drawn to when you when you were starting out? You thought, I, uh, I want to be like this or that. So the that truth kind of person is, makes me laugh. Yeah, the truth is when, when I was uh, four and a half years old, I was watching Seinfeld, the TV show. 
and uh, he would do his stand up in the interstitials. I remember, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I, I told my mom like, hey, I want to do that one day, and she didn't. She was like, oh, okay, whatever, you know. And uh, that was the first time I saw someone doing that. Like, oh, I didn't right. know that was a way to express yourself. But I, I, I didn't do anything about that. At four years old, yeah. you don't want to be doing clubs at four. <laughs> it's, 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 no, yeah. I was in New Hampshire at that time, Manchester, New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. I was watching, so my parents went there for college, and they they went to college very late after they had two kids. Right. So I was in Manchester, New Hampshire for a bit, and that's where I saw Seinfeld. And it's from, my wife is from New Hampshire. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. there you go. There you go. Manchester. So th- uh, she's from Hanover. Hanover. Okay. Yeah. But it's. Uh, but there's a place where they are cold with bad boundaries. Ah, <laughs> that I don't know. My yeah. memories of it was always very uh, warm. You like it? I liked it. But I was like four. Right. You know, okay. I go back there now. I went back there after I moved back to America after about 20 years. 25 years actually. It took me 25 years to move back to America. And I went back there as an adult. And I was like, oh, I guess this is a very random town to be in. Now, now I'm an adult. Yeah. You say, but you live in New York. Now, I live right? in New York, yeah. Do New you... York. Do you socialize? Are you part of the scene with with like you socialize with comics? Do you go to the yeah. comedy clubs yeah, and yeah, hang I out backstage and all that? I hit it hard. I d- I don't hang as much because I guess I'm older or whatever. But like, dude, you're not even forty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm old, old in this scene, and um, but I do hit the clubs hard in Manhattan. And yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah. Do you try you try material? Yeah, I try new know? stuff. Yeah, I try new stuff. I try to get a a new line. Every time I get on, at least one new line. Right. You know what I mean, you know, old joke even, just get a new line in. Do you do you do that like when you're putting together like an hour? Yeah, which I'm doing right now. Right. Yeah. Do you do you learn it all? Do you write it piece by piece? Are you methodical about it? Um, my method has uh, my mythology has uh, changed over the years. I think so. Right now, I come from Australia, so we used we were used to the Edinburgh. Right. That format, vibe. Yeah. That vibe. So you do like an hour. Right? Yeah. You do an hour. It's like sometimes people do an hour before they even have 15 minutes. Yeah. As weird as that is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're doing crowd work and they're doing. Right. Yeah, and they're yeah. telling personal stories yeah, and yeah. they're a bit more indulgent and the crowd gives them a bit more rope because it's right. like one. So um, I come from that school. Um, but I think I was always considered a more. I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I think I was more of a US style comic doing like an hour. So I never have a great pathos. So I never had a great one man show like. Some you know, someone died or something. You know, my my shows were always like kind of fifteen minutes of material, fifteen minutes of material, fifteen minutes of material, and then some. Ending. Do you think that'll change as you get older? Um, do you have kids yet? No, I don't have kids. No, you know, I come from that, so it's hard for me to differentiate that one man show and you know, quote unquote, pure stand up. Yeah. So I, you know, well, what is pure stand up though? I, I don't really understand. That, I mean, but... I yeah, good. I mean, is it one liners? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's okay. So here's where I am right now with this new hour. Is, right. I've been doing, I, I've done two tours in America now. This is my third tour. And I, my goal was I wanted every 15 minutes of this next hour to be something I could just do in a comedy club. Right. So that's, that was my goal. Right. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what I've been working towards. Meaning I'll work at 15 minutes and then I'll work the next 15. Versus, you know, sometimes you just have that club 15. Yeah. And then you have like 40 minutes of, Stuff that will work after you have convinced the audience that you're not terrible. Right. Comedy, okay. You know? Yeah. You you yeah. kind of butter them up and then you can do what you right, want. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So now that's kind of my goal was to do that 15 minutes. So in that sense, it's more of a stand quote unquote stand. But I've always been kind of a longer joke teller. You know. I think that again that comes from coming from Australia. I think so. I think also to me that that feels more like if you go to the real kind of storytelling roots yeah. of what this thing yeah. is. Yeah. When I'm putting together an hour, I I put together like maybe. 
I don't know, 20 minutes of stuff that I know I'm going to say. Yes. But I know when I take, I always start pretty much the same time, place. I always start in Denver, the comedy works in Denver. One well, of the best clubs oh, in the country oh for some God. reason. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy yes. good. So I yes. go there yes. with uh, what I, is 20 minutes in my head yeah. and invariably it's an hour by the time I get it wow. out in the club. Well, you come from that tradition. Right. You come from that, you know, well, Billy, Billy Connolly tradition. You can right. come up with 20 minutes of ideas and make it come up with an hour. Well, you, you, but I think you, it feels to me like you have that too, though. I don't right? think so. Really? I don't think I'm that good at it. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I don't know. Because well, like when I watch you do stand-up, it feels to me like you are someone who, like, that. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're really good at, uh, when I watched Speakeasy, when you were doing oh, that yeah, thing yeah, yeah. about everybody, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. say the race that you oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there was like the, the thing with the glass and all that. All oh, that, yeah. All that kind of looked really kind of off the cuff to me. Was yeah. that really... Um, I mean, I've been touring that for a while before filming it. And so... Right. So, so, so it builds in It builds in. Yeah, right. it builds yeah, in yeah, over yeah, time. I get it. Uh, but uh, I definitely, to go back to what you're saying about turning 20 into an hour... If you have 20, I think you can get to 45, which is basically an hour. Right, right. right. But if you have five, <laughs> I don't know if you can get to, I don't, I can't get to Do an hour. Do you ever forget? Do you ever go upstairs and you just, for, for, you, you're up on stage and you just fucking forget yeah. everything? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done yeah. that. You know what yeah. Leno said? I said that to Leno. I was talking to Leno yeah. about it. He goes, just keep talking. <laughs> just keep talking. They don't know the fucking right. script. Just keep fucking but, but, talking. But that's also a, a product of being able to play to your own crowd in a very friendly environment. Definitely. You know Definitely, what I mean? Definitely, yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, New York comedy clubs can kick you in the ass a little bit. You know? Right. So that's, and that's why I moved here. Because it, not like Aust Australia, they probably give you some rope, you know, where you're yeah. like, oh yeah, okay, you forgot. You can mess around. You can be like, ah, there's nothing here. You know, like you go through your whole setup and you're like, uh, this was funny in my head. And then, right. and then people are like, oh, ha, ha, ha. They go along with it. Right. Especially no. if you call your show, you know, testing material. Right. Craig Ferguson's testing material, whatever I it don't, is. I don't know. test material. Yeah, I know. No, you, no. Just, you just go for it. <laughs> Again, you come from the, Well, yeah. I mean, also the, the thing is as well, is that if it doesn't work, that's yeah. also funny. Yes. Well, you know, no, that's my point. Yeah. That you're in a friendly environment where if something doesn't work, it's also funny. And you honestly, you have the chops to pull it off anyway. All right, so but I don't, I don't have it. no. I, I I disagree with that. I but I think what I think what it is is that what happens when you get what you want from stand up. What do you want from it? Apart from the like, you want to succeed every show. Yes, but a lot of stand ups I know they want to be actors or they want to uh, be writers or they want to be philosophers or they want to be. If I can do a gig where my old stuff killed. I had a good crowd interaction and my new stuff killed. Then that's when I'm... Oh, if I, if that's I in the sweet spot? That's the, that's the three things. Yeah. If, any, if one of those three things doesn't happen, that means I'm just a fraud. I'm like, I, you know. And does stand-up stand occupy all of your frontal lobes? Or is it is like, do you want to... Like, do you play a musical instrument? Do you uh, have a... No, I can't do anything else. I I enjoy acting, you know? I yeah, enjoy yeah, acting. Yeah, yeah, of course. I enjoy acting. Yeah. The, like, I, when you were in Crazy Rich Asians, oh, yeah, yeah. I think for, for like Asian actors, yeah, yeah. that was like Braveheart was for Scottish <laughs> actors. Yeah, you know, it was. and I wasn't in Braveheart. Yeah, I always yeah. feel like such a fucking that loser so for funny. not being in Braveheart. Dude, that's so funny. Did you audition? Did you yeah, get audition? What yeah, did you audition? I, did. I auditioned for uh, the, uh, the the guy, guy who kills with the wall. <laughs> no, no, I auditioned. Do you remember the movie? Uh, a little, yeah. I auditioned for the the part that was played by an Irish guy. Oh, and I, I know. <laughs> like, but here's the thing as well. When the movie came out, yeah. I was in Hollywood and I, yes. after, and I was kind of broke. Ah, oh, man, it was yeah. awful. Yeah. And 
I didn't have any work and I went to audition for the part of reading the audiobook adaptation. That's funny. Of Braveheart. I, I didn't get it. The casting director said to me, we don't feel your accent is authentic. Wow. I know. That's so funny. Yeah, but the, but there was a time when, you know, every fuck? Scottish fucking thing, I was right. like, I, do you ever look at parts and think, you know what? Fuck you. No, I'm not doing it just because I'm Asian. Or because I yeah. would I would get that with Scottish because yeah. I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck off. Yeah, I mean when when it was uh when it's kind of very stereotypically written, then I'm yeah. like, I don't want to do this. I'm gonna yeah. do this. I audition for everything on principle because I feel like I as someone who didn't go to uh acting school, I need the reps. Right. I need the repetitions. Right. So whoever comes in, I audition for it. But that stuff, I tell my agents like, "Hey, I'm sending in an audition because I need the practice." But, but I'm, I'm not going to. I'm do not going to do this one. There yeah. was one unfortunate one that was. Um, so it was Clifford the big red dog. Okay. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool." You, you were going to be the dog? No, no, okay. no. I w- I was like, "This is a cool movie. I know this prop. It's right. IG. I'm like, oh, well, you know, fun. Sounds fun." And it, they had me play the the big the big bad guy, which I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm down. Love being bad guy. Right. And in the movie, unfortunately, the big bad guy, he is a genetic biologist scientist, and he's trying to end world hunger, and he's trying to grow food bigger and bigger, and everything he grows, all his his whole company keeps failing. All his underling scientists keep failing at growing big foods, and then he sees Clifford the Big Red Dog on TV. And he's like, get me that fucking dog because we need to figure out how this thing how got so big. How the dog got that big? But, I, you, I, listen, I'm totally absorbed now. This I know. is a great story. But then now it looks like fucking Asian people are trying to eat dogs. So, <laughs> oh, so, shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck! I never even thought yeah, about it. I know. Oh, my I know. God. And I'm, no, I'm sure they didn't think about right. that either. Yeah. And no one th- because everyone's not a fucking idiot. So they they want racist bad, so they want thinking that. Right. But me, I'm like, I told my agents like, hey, even if I get this, I can't do this. No, of course you can. It's not a good look. No. It's not a good look. And so, shit. But have you ever done stuff and you went, oh no, I shouldn't have done that? Okay, yes. There's one, there's one. Okay, no, this is still another audition. You'll love this one. So this was a bag, Henchman. I get the audition in Henchman for, I I won't say which movie. Uh, And it's, it's called, the Henchman's name is The Scotsman. And uh-huh. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, okay. Um, yeah. Maybe that's just his name. Maybe the joke is that I have my accent, right. but my name is the Scotsman. Right. And and but the very first direction is this henchman has a very thick Scottish accent. Please try to do your Scottish accent. The joke is that no one can understand his thick Scottish accent. I've had a lot of those. So somewhere yeah. on some cloud somewhere <laughs> exists an audition of me doing a fucking Scottish accent. Shut the fuck and up. And just f- f- just. Like, I, I wish it, I could hear I that. I know. I wish I yeah. came with, and my friend recorded it and he was reading it with me and we ah. would and I had my my friend actually had to do the Scottish accent and I would like impersonate him. <laughs> and is, then, he Scot- <laughs> is your friend Scottish? <laughs> oh fuck, man. Come on. So no, but the whole joke was that, <laughs> that nobody guy, could yeah, understand. And, it. and then I'm like, well, do I want to be the Asian who people can't understand because of an accent, even if it's Scottish? Yeah. It's very, you know, they put, it's a fucking minefield. They, <laughs> I, I auditioned one. I went for an audition once. I got this. I, I really needed a job in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. And I got this audition to... There was a sitcom called Suddenly Susan with mm. Brooke Shields, right? Yeah. Do you remember that show? Yeah, it was great. Or, right. In that show, there was a, a character, a Hispanic photographer. He mm. was a, I think he was a photographer from Mexico mm. or something like that. Mm. And for some reason, I was on the audition call-in for <laughs> the 
thing. Right. And I was like, oh, oh, and, right. and I and it's written like right. yeah, exactly. It's written for I exactly. mean I'm like, oh geez. And exactly. And this is the nineties and yes. I need a job. So I go in and I go in and there's a whole line of guys in the audition. They all look like Antonio Banderas. Nobody looks like me at all. And yeah. I go in and and I go in and I do the audition. I do the accent in the audition. <laughs> like like Speedy Gonzalez or something who's bad. It's so funny because yeah. all these auditions somewhere will probably just oh, so I mean, it's terrifying. But what but what what year was that? Roughly. It would have been nineteen ninety-five, because I tell you what happened is when I got done, or ninety-six, when I got done with the audition, they said to me, That's the worst uh, accent we've ever heard. And I went, Thanks. They said, But we are doing a show where we're looking for a guy to play the English boss on yes. the Drew Carey show. Yes, yes. Can you can you do an English yes. accent? Yes, yes. And I said, Si senor, yes I can. And I got the I got a part from it. It wasn't yes. a part I auditioned for, yes, but because yes. I think you should always go if you're a yes, young performer, always go. Always That's why go. I always audition. Yeah, I always yeah audition you're right. You're because because right. so uh, there's been three projects now where they've given me something else, or right, or they're still writing the script and they write characters out. Sure, and, then and they, they, and they, audition, or, or they like they, you yeah. and they change the part to make you the guy. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, that, so, I think that's right. Yeah. You, you can't, yeah. but it's it's so I don't know how I would be now starting out because you guys have a you've got to have followers on your tickety talk oh, and fucking I think yes and no. I think yes and no. I think like I've met some people who were shoved into a project that I was on because of their followers. Right. And I've also and I've met ones who come on because of their followers, but they're great. Anyway. Right, right, sure. So yeah, that's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, I've met people who don't have any social media and they got right. cast from nothing. Do you you have a ton of social media? You, I, I don't. You, would you don't? I don't. I have Instagram. That's right. about it. Facebook. That's that's about it. Yeah. Right. I'm off Twitter now. And, um, Twitter yeah. doesn't really exist anymore, does it? I don't it's think kinda, so. It's kind of fallen apart. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. it used to be like super powerful. But, but, but I'm, I, I guess I'm a little old school in the sense that when I when I started in 09 YouTube just was getting its legs and yeah. there was no one had figured out how to do stand up on YouTube yet in fact stand up clips on the internet is a last 5 6 years thing right before that it was YouTube comedy right it was right. YouTube style sketches yeah people would do them yes, yeah yes. yeah they would do the little things yeah they do the things and then the idea at that time was that if you were a stand up or live performer you would do your YouTube comedy sell tickets and people come and see you live and you would do essentially a different show live right because there are different skill sets right but uh, in the last six years people have figured out uh, you know I, I gotta give credit to probably Andrew Schultz is the one who figured out how to put stand up clips on Instagram in short bursts for better or for worse, and put subtitles and find a following and also educate the crowd in stand-up comedy. Because before that, you would watch YouTube-style comedy, which was very physical, it was very exaggerated, right. kind of a little slapsticky, right? Right. And you could digest that in like 20 seconds. If you saw a stand-up clip with at that time, you wouldn't even give it five seconds. You just, well, I got to listen to a setup and then you just swipe. Whereas now, I think people have because been, they have the, the subtitles that they put subtitles on and and educating the crowd in well, this. I, but I noticed that with my my old late night show, yes. it's all over that shit. Yes, 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 I don't get any of that. It's nothing to do with me. Right. I don't touch it. I don't edit it. I don't put the words on it. The people are clearly yes, putting yes. it out. Yeah, and 
And they, I guess the hunger that the beast has is just for content. I mean, I made like 2,000 hours or 2,050 hours of content. Yeah. There's nostalgia. There's also, um, Jesus Christ, I'm nostalgic, I suppose I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you did the Britney Spears thing, you oh, know, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of socially relevant. Um, if I had to analyze it, yeah, it's a bit of that. Also, just good comedy, right? Yeah, That's not, yeah. well, one likes on, to think. Yeah, they, they put it on a, unfortunately, for better or for worse, in a more digestible yeah, format. Yeah, they, they cut everything yeah, up and, yeah. and splice it. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever, have you ever fallen foul of the, of the pitfalls of our game? The, the drugs and alcohol, the, the, it's not a thing that... I just, it was not a thing great. because I, I grew up in Singapore. It's just a very. It's a very strict. There, I, yeah. in my head, it's very strict. You it's super strict. You, you yeah. can't have gum or something. No yeah. gum. No drugs. No. No freaking. Yeah. You can't. No hats. No. No yeah, hats. No. Have a no sodomy. Your, no sodomy. Yeah. You can't. Jesus. Yeah. So they're very. They're very strict about. <laughs> so I just grew up in an environment where it's like, oh, there's no drugs, and I don't know. I just and I I I'm physically allergic to drinking. Yeah, me so too. So I'll yeah. have like one drink and then I can stop, which in Australia was like crazy. Yeah. I remember all the comics were always like, oh, you, they, they were like, oh, you don't drink, right? I was known as a guy who doesn't drink. And right. I was like, I do drink. I just don't, I stop at like one. Yeah. I don't need to go they to- They wouldn't understand that. Yeah, it was always very, I, I was kind of known as the comic who doesn't drink, you know? They're like, <laughs> they were like, oh, Ronnie, Ronnie, you don't drink, right? Ronnie yeah. doesn't drink. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie doesn't drink. Come here, yeah, Ronnie, yeah, yeah. show them you're not drinking. <laughs> show them, Ronnie. Basically. Yeah, and I just, But I mean, I also never felt the urge to. So I just- you know, I just. Did you ever see any of them fucking giant spiders they've got there in Australia? That no, the scary. ones that are scary isn't the fucking giant ones. It's the fucking the red, the red, red backs, red yeah. back, yeah, red backs are the most venomous. I saw one of those ones. Yeah. Was it on your toilet? No, it was. Um, it was in a shoe on a balcony, and someone killed it immediately. Because they, because that's that's the thing. That's a problem. Kill you that thing. It will, yeah. But in my, ten years in Australia, I've only seen one of those. Right, but so. you know that's that's all you need. It's only has to be one. one. See, my wife, I'm like, we should go to Australia. She's like, I'm not going. <laughs> like, what? It's the, these fucking spiders. Dude. And the, I was talking to her today, and I said, I'm going to talk to Ronnie Chang, and he, he's like spent a lot of time in Australia. I, yeah. And she said, I'm ask him about those those birds that yeah. can kill you with one kick. I'm like, you're making that up. Yeah, that's she, not, what you, does she mean an emu? No, no, I think it's like, it's called a casamori or something. What? Or a, Yeah, I never heard of it. And then she looked it up on the internet and apparently she that's showed a, me a picture of some giant chicken that'll kick the shit out of you. What the hell? I never <laughs> saw it in Australia. I, I never saw, seen that. I saw koala bears and shit, but yeah, they but, were friendly. You know, my, my wife is Australian as well. Well, will you ask yeah, her yeah, about the giant yeah. kicking bird? Dude, I was there. The, I got to find this giant kicking bird. But yeah. I, this isn't my joke. This is the great Will Anderson. Yeah. Do you know Will Anderson? No, I, I don't oh, know yeah. personally. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. They're very funny comic. He's yeah. also a legend. And uh, he's almost, I would say, almost like an Australian Dave Chappelle in, in how prolific he is. But this is his joke, not mine. I'm going to butcher it. But he was always like, man, Americans always scared about Australian animals. You guys have guns. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like everyone's always scared yeah. of spiders and yeah. things like you guys have freaking machine guns. Well, you need a gun though if you got spiders <laughs> and chickens that can kick the shit out of you. The, and the, I've never the I gotta find this bird that can kick the beat. No, well, kangaroos then, can beat the shit out of you. Oh, Kang yeah, kangaroos yeah, are kang a fucking yeah. mean. Yeah, kangaroos can beat the shit out of yeah. you. The giant uh red kangaroos. Yeah. They can jump like 30 meters high. They they got claws, they can rip your dick off. Yeah. They rip your dick off? Yeah, they can because they they're they're, they're and what they will do if they rip rules. your dick off is they put your dick Into in their, their, their pouch yeah, collect it, yeah, and collect then it. They, they make a little necklace of them. That's what right. they... Like and they're uh, like, do you like my necklace? Yeah. <laughs>
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Did you ever play out in the, like, the boonies in Australia? Did you ever go, like, like... you know, west of Adelaide yes, and stuff yes. like I that. I went to Alice Springs, which is Darwin, you oh, know, which is wow. the outback. Yeah. I didn't get to like super outback, but I got like moderate outback. So, you know, so what's, the country of like, Because for most Americans, yeah. obviously, outback's a reasonably yeah. priced family. <laughs> but but the outback in Australia, it's like people don't know. There's just nothing there. Yeah, yeah. This is the whole desert, desert, de- miles and miles of desert. The middle of Australia is all desert. So people only live on the edge. And there are there comedy clubs like in the middle, there, <laughs> middle <That's> like <laughs> next to Uluru. Yeah, yeah, like, like Captain hey, the Uluru Chocolate, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's so Captain Brian's off the hook comedy club brand. <laughs> no, uh, there, there is comedy clubs in. Um, okay, so Australia comes from that Edinburgh comedy festival culture. Right. So we have clubs. Like every city has like maybe one club, but really the way comedy is consumed there is comedy festivals. So every city and state will have its own comedy festival kind of thing. So it's like a Darwin 
right. uh, festival, and then you'll go there and do comedy there. Right, so okay. that's and you how, hang with all the local comedians. And right. right. Well, no, no, no. Uh, they'll fly people in, so it'll be the same people. You know, you oh, see so the you same meet guys. The same people yeah, all the time. All, right? all the time, yeah. And then, um, and then you go and you'll be performing in like small theaters in the country. So one thing, Australia. I didn't realize this until I got here, but Americans would consider Australia extremely socialist. So they have a lot of arts funding. The yeah. government funds a lot of arts for the country. Rural Australia has a lot of arts America funding. America has that too. They, sure. they, they have the, sure. uh, these theaters out there in sure. like where you, you play an arts theater and yeah. it's like, how can they afford to pay me this to be here? And yeah. then you see who else is <laughs> playing it and stuff. You're right, you're going to make no, it. No, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's what they do. So I've done the Melbourne Comedy Festival Roadshow twice and that you know all around Australia so I would go to country Australian towns and just perform there so I've seen like country theaters you know do you consider yourself an Australian no no I'm Malaysian you're I, you're Malaysian talk to me about Malaysian Chinese because I I know nothing about because I know it's a little a little tricky right yeah uh, yeah politically yeah yeah so can you explain for me just like Imagine I know nothing, which is not, is exactly the truth. Because there's some tension, right, between Malaysia and China. Basically, I'm third generation Chinese Malaysian. So right. my grandparents came to from China and they settled in. No, my grandparents' parents came from China and they settled in Malaysia. Right. So Malaysia has a large Chinese diaspora. Right. So yeah, I mean that's the be- best way I can explain is that there's sure. like Chinese people in Malaysia. I think there's some. The racial tension, if there is any, is never on the ground. Like everyone in Malaysia is super friendly face to face. Right. It's it's always like the government is always trying to protect its majority Malay population from like minority like Chinese. Oh, so got so it. they'll okay. you know they'll give certain tax breaks. And this is official government policy. Right. They'll give tax breaks to the majority Malay race, they'll give school places to the majority uh, Malay race and they always play up those tensions you know so that's that's the kind of problem so the the idea of uh, uh, people in administration playing up racial tension in order to further their own <laughs> it's, agenda it's exists unfortunately outside of the United States unfortunately as well. it's universal yeah. And, yeah and and very clear along racial lines and yeah so and it becomes a whole you know language do you, culture do, do you speak uh, Mandarin I speak, you, Chinese, yeah. Yeah. I speak Chinese yeah so do you Mandarin Chinese or Cantonese Chinese I can speak both, can speak both yeah. wow that's yeah. uh, that's because my son speaks Mandarin wow my oldest son speaks Mandarin which I'm that's amazing ama- it is amazing because it the, the language is so phonetically yes different uh, it's hard for me to I'm usually I, I got a pretty good ear for things but Chinese is hard for me yeah as it should be yeah. It's a completely different language family. Did, like, did you make it hard for me? In part, did yeah, you do it for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like, like, make sure these Scottish people can't say these yeah. words. But uh, I, uh, I learned Chinese late. I learned, I learned Chinese from scratch when I was when I was eight years old. So I know what it's like to learn Chinese to, to learn from nothing. It, yeah. yeah. So I know how hard it is. Can you do stand up in Chinese? I've done it before, but I'm, I'm not good at it. I can do like five, ten minutes in it. Me That's and a- De- you know Des Bishop. Yeah. Yeah, Des Bishop can speak Chinese. What the yeah. fuck? Irish, Queens-born Irish comedian, Des Bishop. So he went to Ireland when he was in, a teenager and he he started doing stand-up comedy in Ireland. And one of the things he did as an Edinburgh show was he learnt uh, Gaelic. Is it Gaelic? Yeah. Irish. Nobody speaks Gaelic though. Yeah, I mean, so, he, so he learnt it from scratch and right. he did comedy in it. Wow. And, and so I, that was his show, right? Right. And then maybe five or eight years later, I... Uh, he he said, you know what? I'm going to learn Chinese from scratch and do comedy in Chinese. So he moved to Beijing for two years. 
He learned Chinese from scratch. The guy speaks. I speak to Chinese to him all the time. That's he, amazing. Yeah, he can read and write, which is not easy because right. reading and writing, there's no, there's no it's, phonetical right, connection. There's no connection. Yeah, yeah, and he does comedy in Chinese. He has a special on YouTube in Chinese. And I'm like, man, that's man, crazy. It's crazy. I, it, that, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's very impressive. Yes, though. it is. He doesn't get enough credit for it, unfortunately. That is, uh, a friend of mine, Eddie Izzard. Yes. Eddie. I was on his gala. Oh, yeah. you were? That's how oh, I met Montreal? Trevor Noah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I I, certainly, I've known... Eddie yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. She learned her act in a language that she didn't speak. Yes. And yes. then went out and did it yes. without knowing really. Not just that. Eddie did it in like five languages. Yeah, that's right. Spanish, Italian, French, yeah. German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it it's crazy, crazy yeah. thing it that crazy. he did. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and then uh, he ran like marathons and then 20, he did, 25 <laughs> marathons in three weeks yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, he run a marathon and then do a comedy show yeah, in a yeah, different yeah. language. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It was absolutely I, insane. I, you know what though? Here's what I think. His mother's probably a piece <laughs> of work. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know his, his mom died when he was three, actually? Oh, I didn't know that. that. Yeah, his mom yeah. died when he was very young. and So you know all we, these guys from back in the day. Yeah? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, everybody was at Edinburgh. Yes. Everybody was at yes. Edinburgh. I that, was at Edinburgh. Right, but you, you were at Edinburgh. I was already doing late night yeah, by the yeah. time yes. you were in Edinburgh. Yes. But, but Edinburgh in the 80s it was an interesting thing because I wonder... It was such a bacchanalian. It was such a. It was such a, a, a heavy drinking, okay. heavy yes. late night yes, thing. Was. But it sounds like Australia uh, when you were coming up. It's pretty much the same deal. Um, Edinburgh is different. <laughs> Australia was a steady drunk. <laughs> Edinburgh was an intense for three a, weeks a, drunk. A, yeah, yeah, atomic yeah. bomb drunk. Yeah. Which, like, again, I didn't drink, so I was just observing it. But man, it was physically and mentally. Exhausting. I, I don't know what it was like back in the day, but when yeah, I know it was that. I, when, I mean, no, I ended up rehab in '92. Uh, so yeah. no, but but what about how commercial it was? That's this is what I really want to ask you about because when I went, it was. Yeah. It's just so you have something to contrast with. Yeah. When I went was uh, 2012, 2013, 2014. Right. And at that time, it was already Edinburgh Festival, Edinburgh Fringe, and then in response to the commercial quote unquote commercialization of the. Of the Edinburgh Fringe. Fringe, they had the Free Fringe. Right. That was already going on. So there was essentially three festivals happening in this one city. Yeah. And so it was all a competition to get into the big six venues, whatever that was. Yeah. You know? So it was the like Assembly Room, Assembly, Skill Balloon, Balloon yeah, yeah, Underbelly, yeah. uh, something else, something else. And and then in response to that, they started the Free Fringe to stop right. this idea. So was it like that when you started? Yeah, was, it was similar. I mean, there were venues Gilded that Balloon. were established. The Gilded Balloon, was, I don't think that was there when I started. Mm -hmm. Um mm. But the assembly rooms was the big one, mm -mm. and everyone tried to get in that. And there was there was this idea. I remember because I was Scottish, yes. and there was all these English comedians used to come up, and I fucking hated them. There was ah. all because they weren't really comedians; they were like rich kids that went to Oxford, Oxford and Cambridge, and, and they would come up. For, some of them were talented, but most of them were just fucking, you sure. know, playing at it. Sure, and they would come up, and and I would get. 
if I get a big audience to say, yes, but it's a local audience, isn't it? Yes. I'm like, well, isn't every fucking audience so a funny. local audience? That's so funny that even you had your gripes with the festival. Oh my God. As you yeah. should, because I have my gripes, but I don't know whether I'm just being a bitter, you know. Whatever. No, no, no. you got to be bitter or you can't be stand up. You, <laughs> yeah. you have to have a certain amount of yeah. bitterness. Yeah. It's, it's an essential part of the rest. The Michael, Michael Jordan chip on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think you have to have a little bit of it. Sure. it it's, it's part of the savory. Sure. Yes, yes. You know, you can't have all. It gives you a bit of edge. Gives you a bit of edge. Yeah, yes, I, I think so. I, I, agree. I agree. And and what makes you better then? I don't know if it makes me bitter. <laughs> I, I got. I just got. So the joke is, which I did in 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 uh, Speakeasy, was that the joke for me, which is true, is that I would go to Edinburgh and try to get them to like me, and then they would always give me shitty reviews, and I would always oh, be, definitely they would give yeah. me the worst reviews, and yeah. and I think part of it is I, I you know main reason is me I wasn't very good and I was still getting better starting out in comedy, and two I I think there's something to in Edinburgh you know that in the UK there's not a lot of context for what they would say East Asian storytelling yeah there's a lot of context for Asian storytelling for sure. Indian subcontinent like right. that kind of even I would say um, the British Muslim experience. Sure. There's our context. Yeah, yeah, but I think the East Asian experience in the UK is very is still very unclear, you know. Do you know what I my theory is about the Edinburgh Festival about yeah. bad reviews? Here's what it is. Because <laughs> I've gone through that and I feel yeah. exactly the fucking yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. But here's what happens. So Edinburgh is a small, sleepy town. Mm. It has one fucking local newspaper, right? Mm. One fucking newspaper. And there's one guy on that newspaper that is even interested in comedy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah. it. Yeah. But during the Edinburgh Festival, there's like 20,000 <laughs> fucking stand-up shows. Yeah. So they have to draft yes, in yes. every fucking yeah. journalist they have. Anybody they know they can write. And they all go out and write reviews of comedy. Yes, yes, yes. So if you get the guy who normally writes about owls, yes. Yes. right? Yes. And he's reviewing you and you go, Craig Ferguson's show was very disappointing. There were no owls. Yes, yes, And they bring their fucking yes, agenda yes, yes, to yes, the yes. review. Yes, yes. Just like people on the internet do. Yes, 1,000%. 1, you know, and I, and I think that that... What was great training yes, for me for yes, the internet yeah. was how shitty the yes. reviews were in Edinburgh. Yes, 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 yes. The people, the, I remember getting a bad review and I, and I, I've met the journalist in the bar yeah, and I was yeah. like, the fuck with you, man? <laughs> the fuck with it? Because he was like, he was like, I was like, what the fucking review? It was fucking terrible. He was like, he didn't like my hair. He right, died. I was right, like, what right. the fuck has my hair got to right, do with right, that? And right, all that right, shit. Right. And, and he said to you me, like I'll never head. forget this. He said, if you put your head above the parapet, you should be ready to get shot at. I said, it's not fucking war. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a fucking yeah. parapet. Yeah, yeah. It's just a fucking guy telling jokes. Right, right, right. right. Trying to, trying to, I'm like, right. why do you make everything yeah. conflict? Yes, yes, yes. And I still think that about like the internet now, yes, yes. like whenever I, like the internet, I think it's just like show business. It's only dangerous if you take it yes, seriously. Yes, I agree. But but, I agree. but but if you take it seriously, it can kill you. Yes, I agree. You I know. agree. And so what, that's a great way to put it. So and what happens when? What would happen to you? Like, say it's twenty years from now. Yeah, yeah. Where, where do you want to be? Do you have a, a want to be? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to? Do you want to oh. get, get out of town? Do you want to have um, a farm with maybe I don't know. kangaroos and I'm shit? Ki- I'm kind of really living the dream right now. So sure, I, I, of so, course. So, yeah, yeah. so every day, every night when I can do stand up, I'm just like, damn! I'm still. I feel like I'm living in a dream world. Like yeah, when I'm I at the cellar, when I'm at Gotham, when I'm when I'm taking the subway to West uh, Westside Comedy Club, Stand Up New York. 
Uh, you're the real deal, you're... man. You're you're living it. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. That's and right. I, and I remember when I visited New York, I was like, damn, how great would it be to be able to take a subway and do multiple spots a night? Yeah. You know, and and let have have stage time and all that. And now, like, you know, we're in a rare position where you can get that. Sure. You know, it's it's actually not that oh, many no, people. Oh no, listen, there's already 28 year old kids that you come into the club <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck that guy. That was oh, my spot. Oh, right, right, and now right. I'm fucking Ronnie no, James going no, on. No, no, I, I never, no, I never bump them. Yeah, I never bump. You I never don't bump. know, but no, the, but the club bump. will know. No, no, I never bump. I always book in. Two weeks oh, you in do? I book. Yeah, I don't. I don't bump. Oh, I don't bump man. people. I hate, I hate it when people bump me. So I, I never bump people. I did never you ever? Bump. Did you ever get bumped? Yeah, one time at the cellar, I got bumped by, and this lineup was incredible. Like yeah. I couldn't even. First of all, when I say I, I hate getting bumped, I, I don't even mind because whoever bumps me, I, I'm a fan of this. All right. This one night, I was at the cellar, and man, first it was. Uh, I'm gonna get the order wrong, but I'll get all the names right. It was a Ziz came in and yeah. bumped, and I was on the lineup, right? So they bumped. So meaning, okay, everyone's gonna get later. And then John Stewart came in and bumped, and and then Louis C.K. came in, and then <laughs> Amy Schumer came in. Uh, Richard Pryor and, came back from no, the dance. No, no, and then Madonna came <laughs> in. Shut the fuck yeah. up! What? Madonna came in. Then they did a double act. Madonna, Amy Schumer, and it, it the lineup made the news. Like, Jesus, yeah. it was a, like a multi-million dollar lineup. But you know, money, whatever. But it was just cool to see that. That and is fun. The whole yeah. show got bumped. <laughs> <laughs> The whole show got That's yeah. crazy. I think Chris, may, Chris Rock may have jumped in, but definitely those names I said. And so, and that was fun. That's part of being in New York. You can't yes. see this. Yeah, it is. You can't see anywhere else. Yeah. Literally the best comedy scene in the world. You know, there's so many, there's so much stage time, there's so much energy. There's a very ready audience that's usually very and comedy savvy. And they understand. Yeah, yeah, or at the very least, they're, they're, you know, they're tourists who are here to experience uh, what they think is a New York cultural Comedy thing, club, you know? yeah. yeah. So you know, it's man, it's a it's a dream, it's a dream. But when man, when you going to Ed, that's what I really love about your show, by the way, with Edinburgh was when I watched your show, I remember thinking this has Edinburgh all over it. <laughs> I just stole everything from there. Uh -huh. You know, the, well, the horse, the robot, the thing. The robot, like, yeah, all this. Yeah, and you're yeah, going yeah. up close to the camera. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, Edinburgh Fringe, which I, I didn't appreciate at the time, but now I do more now, is such a response to whatever people think the mainstream should be. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? And so whatever mainstream is, just do something rock. different. Yeah, yeah, it was punk rock. It was, yeah, it, it, it's punk it, rock. It, it, and that's what it was. It was Right. And that's, I could see that sensibility in the show, you yeah. know? And I think that's something that like, I think Americans didn't. They understood they were watching something a little alternative, but like, I knew the roots of this. I was yeah, like, I've seen yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Edinburgh, we do this all the time. That's I right. did a talk show in Edinburgh where someone pierced their mouth with a needle and <laughs> made out with something in the crowd. Like, you know, and, yeah. and I don't come from that. So for me, it was because uh, Singapore's as straight laced as you can get. Yeah, do you do you enjoy gum now? Do you do you <laughs> do you take a lot? Do you have a lot I, of gum? Yeah, addicted. Yeah, can't not stop. <laughs> Every moment, I get itches. I wish you well. I'm so glad you came in and talked to me. No. I am a fan of yours. I think you're a you great stand up. Oh, thank I think you. You're trying. just gonna get better and better and better. By the way, you're sad. Although I'm just watching you, I'm like, you look to me like someone at the peak of their powers, and it's amazing. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, Hopefully, I'll get better. Yeah, I'm well, trying to get better. So try, try and get better, Ronnie, because yeah, <laughs> really, it's it, it's a little poor right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try. No, it's it's terrific, and and I wish you well. Thank uh, you. And uh, speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks so much. Nice Take it easy, man. Very nice to meet you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
It's a simple truth, no matter who you are, that mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.